Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Now, here's Coach Campy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to RJ's Pub. We're in Rochester Hills for tonight's edition of the Greg Campy Show. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. He is a coach, Greg Campy, as always. The Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. I'm happy to be back here at RJ's Pub as Coach Campy makes his way over to the table. You know the deal, especially for Oakland students. $2 pints here at RJ's Pub all night long. 75-cent tacos all night long as well. And uh, that is the story here. And happy to have you back, Coach. How are you doing? And have the seasoned fries. They're the best thing. You know, I know a lot of places, and I always try to take the best thing from places. And the seasoned fries here are the best, the curly seasoned fries. All right. Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. <laughs> the curly seasoned fries. That, that they're not is curly. The they're crinkled. Crinkled seasoned fries. Well, right. do you remember that? Do you remember the last time you had a bad crinkled fry? No. No. Because it's never happened ever right. in the history of life. Right. So, uh, as always, guys, White, uh, White Castle crinkle fries, look, they're all, they'll get you by. I mean, they'll get you by, I guess. But uh, as always, we're taking your questions with a hashtag AskCampy on Twitter. So go ahead and, and tweet those, and we will get to those all night long. Got a stack of them to get to here. But Coach, uh, we'll, we'll do as customary here on the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to the... Did I break your train of thought there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You did. Just showing you a question that was text. It's a good question. <laughs> it, it is a good question. Uh, we will get to those questions though as uh, as the night rolls on. But as customary on the show, Coach, uh, we'll kind of reset what happened. As much as I know, you don't want to, and maybe the fans don't want to. Uh, the season underway. Uh, a couple of very very exciting ball games at the arena, but unfortunately for the Golden Grizzlies, not the right results. Well, you know, we came into the season with uh, an expectation that you know. At Oakland, you're supposed to be good. You want to be good every time you play. You want to be good every year. But the reality of it is is this is the biggest rebuild we've ever gone through in the 35 years I've been here. So 0-2 is not good, but I'm pretty pleased with, with the week. Uh, first, I want to start with the fans and that. The, the arena was rocking. It was, we, had, we had some very special recruits at the game uh, Friday night against Toledo. Um, we should probably talk that C.J. Gettlefinger signed with us today. We should probably talk about that a little bit before we're out of here. Yes, we will. But we had future recruits at the game against Toledo, and I, I think it really went well as far as the recruiting uh, part of it goes because the passionate fan base just came out, and it, was, it just was an outstanding night. The, the arena was very electric. It was rocking. I thought it was two good basketball teams playing a really good basketball game. Um, I think we played extremely well for the first time we ever played as a group. Um, we did a lot of great things. We did some bad things that, of course, you're going to do when you, you know, as you're growing through a season. Um, but to a man down the roster, I thought people showed they could play. And we didn't execute well in the last six seven minutes of that game we've played 85 minutes this year and we've been ahead for i think 74 or 75 of the 85 minutes uh, which is good but we haven't been able to execute what happened in both those games from a technical standpoint was we played as good a defense as we've played around here in the last decade in each of those games for 30 minutes 
And then with about 10 minutes to go in each game, especially last night, Western could not run their offense against us. Uh, the, the second half started, we, we took them completely out of their offense. We took the ball from them three straight times, um, but we were struggling to score last night. And so we didn't break away far enough. And then with about 10 minutes to go in the Toledo game and about 10 minutes to go last night, both those teams, and, and you give credit to their coaches, they made it a decision that we're going to stop running our offense, we're going to clear the floor, and we're going to isolate our best players in one-on-one -on -one situations. For Toledo, they used the pick and roll of the ball screen with a guy that could shoot the three, not the traditional pick and then roll to the basket. Uh, we call it pick and pop in this day and age. And in Western, what they did is they set cross screens to their bigger wings and we were struggling to score, so we went small, and we struggled then guarding the uh, screen that led from an angle down to the block, and they got the ball on the block. And when they didn't do that, they cleared the floor and just isolated us one-on-one -on -one with some stronger, older guys that drove it to the basket. And we didn't handle it well. We, we, we went where they couldn't score that we couldn't stop them in both games. And so... One of the things that we did today is we decided that we're not going to give in and say, oh, this is, you know, it, we're going to continue to defend like we're defending because it, it, I thought it was just awesome both games. We, I mean, they couldn't enter the ball into their offense. They couldn't get the ball on the block. You know, we've struggled in the last few years with the group that just graduated guarding a big, strong kid in the post. I mean, you can go back to when uh, Detroit beat us. I, mean, I don't ever want to think about that, but the game they the should, one game the one game they beat us when that Hogan kid got 38 in our building. Um, we couldn't stop him. Uh, Wright State last year, the big freshman, we couldn't stop him. We've really struggled with that group that just left here, guarding the big kid in the post. Last night we did a heck of a job on Dugan, and seven footer who had you know came in averaging 23 points a game, and and we really did a great job on him until the last 10 minutes. Uh, Toledo, that we, we just took them out of their stuff. And that's a really good thing, and we've got to continue to do that, continue to buy in and, and that. But now when teams go to isolate us, we, we don't have a Dante Williams. We don't have a Sharon Dorsey Walker. You're talking about that long, the, the, the guy that, defender. A guy that can go take their best player. I remember when Alec Peters, you know, for Valpo, Dante Williams locked him in a box, and that, that kid averaged whatever, and against us he couldn't score. And Alec Peter would come by our bench every game before the game and say, Coach, you're not going to do this to me again, are you? You know, <laughs> because we had that guy, and it, it wasn't me. It was we had that guy. We don't have that on this team. We're, we're, not, we're not mature enough to have that. Now, the guy that I'm hoping it could turn into be is Jordan Nobles because of his length, and he's 6'9", and he's pretty athletic. But the problem that Jordan's played zone for his whole life, Eastern Michigan played zone. He's never played man-to-man -man in his life. And to think of how well he's playing defensively for us when he's, you know, only had six months to learn how to play man-to-man -man defense is, is, a, is a good thing. But we don't have that guy that can lock somebody up. So what we, what we did in practice today is – uh, for you people that have been around the program for a long time, back in 2005, we won a championship with a bad team uh, playing um, 
a matchup goofy zone. And we played it the whole year, and Oral Roberts had one of the best teams I've ever had. And we beat them in the conference tournament 61-60, to 60, I think it was, um, playing that matchup zone. And then we, we went into the NCAA tournament. We won the playing game playing that zone. So we, we put that zone in today. And we're not, it's not going to be a crutch, but it's going to be something to change the pace. So in that game when you saw uh, Toledo, you know, going to that kid coming off that pick and roll and over and over again. We tried to change how we guarded it. We tried to do this. And we just, we weren't a mature enough team to change on the fly, if, if that makes sense to you. You know, you got some guys that haven't played a lot. So, you know, we tried to change how we guarded it two or three times, and then we really screwed up, and all of a sudden they got a layup. And so we want to have something to go to when that happens that can slow the team down. I mean, Last night, Western, they scored 36 points in about 20 possessions. I mean, we were up 10, and in two minutes, they were ahead. And so we have to do something, and that's what we did. I've gotten into a long explanation on a, a very short question. I apologize for that. but No, that's the name of the game, Coach. Take it till 8. You yeah. know, I, I've done enough talking <laughs> for the day I think people, today. I think people feel that way, too. Yeah, so. I, I would agree. I, I would yeah. certainly agree. You and I have been, you, you did the uh, Shep Show this morning on the Michigan Media Network. You were a guest on there. Uh, you, you talked about C.J. Gettlefinger, which we will get to a little bit later on in the show. We did an interview there. You and I, man, we're best buds, Cam. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but getting back to our team, so so we end up losing two games, two games we surely could have won. It hurts because one of them's a Michigan team, and you never want to lose to a team in Michigan. Right. Um, but I think that the people that were at the game walked away from it, and people sitting here can tell me if I'm right or wrong, walked away feeling pretty good about what we can be as a team this year because I think there nobody knew. I mean, I knew Xavier was going to be a man, and, and I said in our press conference preseason that we've, this is the first time in 35 years as a coach that I don't have a player on the all-league preseason team. And you think about 35 years at Oakland, we've always had a guy that was the guy, and we didn't know that. I knew it. Uh, but I think Xavier's now made a statement to everybody. And the, the greatest thing about Xavier yesterday, right now, understand this about him. He, in his career, has never been the man. He played on a, the best AAU team in the country, uh, CP3, which is Chris Paul's team out of Carolina. And he was just, I mean, they had players that went to North Carolina, Duke, and that's who he was playing with, so he didn't get the ball much. His high school team had a great player on it. He was an afterthought, probably averaged seven points a game. And he's turned and developed himself into a guy that I think he could lead the league in scoring. I don't want him to, but he could lead the league in scoring. He could average 20 points a game. He could, you know, do those things. Um, but he's never been there, so he doesn't understand it. So last night, the basketball gods came down on him and said, guess what, Xavier, you were so good on Friday tonight, you're not going to be able to make anything. And how are you going to handle it? And his first four or five shots rolled in, came out, didn't go in, and you could see the frustration on his face. And we, we tried to talk him through it, baby him through it, and he's got a bit of a temper. Um, he, he doesn't handle adversity as well yet as I want him to. Um, but he came back in the second half and had the ability to get it back, scored 12 straight points, knocked down a three, um, 
took the game over until he, you know, then he made a stupid foul. Now, honestly, he didn't foul anybody, but they called it. And he's got to understand that you're more important to the team on the floor than sitting on the bench. And you can't put yourself in a situation when you've got three fouls that you, you're going to come out of the game. So it was a learning experience for him. It probably cost us the game. I think if Xavier's still out there during the last seven minutes of that game, I think we win it. Um, but, okay, we lost the game. He learned from it, and hopefully that won't happen again. So that's what we're going through right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be that. If we can keep giving the same effort that we've given the first two games, if we can play with the confidence that we're playing with, um, I, I, think, I think things, by the time the league gets around here, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the, a year ago, you know, we lost five guys for season-ending injuries, and that changed the league. It changed all of a sudden Wright State wins the league, and nobody thought they were going to win the league, right? Well, you lose your best player, you lose a good player, you're not going to be as good. You lose five guys, you're not going to be the team you are. Well, yesterday Wright State lost the player for the year, and... They weren't, they're not a real deep team. So the team that's picked to win it again, as we were last year, was devastated by an in injury. Wright State lost a kid. So that opened up a lot, a lot of possibilities for teams like Oakland that, you know, the veteran team that won it last year now is, is going to have to find a way to plug a hole. Coach, about Xavier, too, uh, just to expand upon a point with his game and what he does, Xavier's a, a really difficult matchup for today's college basketball player in that he's more of a throwback with a complete post game and has just he has an arsenal of moves, especially that drop. He has a lethal drop step uh, down on the block as well. I mean, he, he's not what you're used to defending. And you talked about it yourself, your defensive stoppers that have that same prototypical build, the long arms, the, the length. Uh, are really difficult to to score against, especially putting it on the on the deck and going around them. Xavier's different than that. Xavier has that post repertoire. Well, we saw a little bit of, of it two years ago it, when we were playing at Clemson in the NIT, and Jalen got hit, and his teeth went through his lip, and he, they took him to the hospital, and we were stuck with just Xavier, who had never really played. And he did a really nice job in that Clemson game, and we went on and came back from 20 and won the game. I knew that he could score in a post because he does against us all the time, but then I remembered that we don't guard the post very well, you know. So I was really pleased to see last night against the seven-footer that he could score through, through him, around him, over him, and then we actually we had gotten the kid in a little bit of foul trouble, and we think we had him a little bit tired, and we had... I don't know if you remember the play or not, but the 12th point in that, that spree he had, we actually isolated the floor, gave it to him on the, on the right elbow, and he just ripped and went and got a layup against the kid. And that's, we were going to just continue to do that during the game, and then the next position, possession he got his fourth foul. Right. So also people probably are wondering why Xavier's shooting the three so much. And he's two for nine on the season, but if you saw the exhibition games, he was five for ten. And he grades out as our best three-point shooter, which is when you have Cumberland and Kamari Newman in that, you're saying something. He, he's graded out as our best three-point shooter. He's going to shoot a lot of threes. Now, I'm sure people will be critical of that. I don't care. He's really good at it. And let me ask you, if 
you're going to guard him in the post. You're probably going to put a guy on him that can't guard him on the perimeter. And so he's going to be able to really be a matchup nightmare for people. So it's exciting to see what, he, what he's doing and how he's maturing into this player. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. I want to spend a, uh, send a special shout-out, too, to D2 Technologies uh, for an assist uh, with some Internet stuff that we had done here at RJ. So the show's uh, sounding as good as it ever has been, so we certainly do appreciate that. Tell you what, Coach, we'll take our first break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about Friday night's matchup. Tomorrow we, we jump on the plane, go out to Las Vegas. Uh, that game will be available right here on Detroit's 1130 AM WDF in the fan tip time at 10 p.m. So we'll do that. We'll talk a little UNLV. Your Twitter questions as well. Send them with the hashtag AskCampy. We will get to those. It's National Pickle Day today, Coach. Somebody told me that on Twitter. We'll discuss. I see you raise your eyebrow right there. Fried pickles over there at that table. Uh, big pickle discussion coming up. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show. We're live at RJ's Pub right here in Rochester Hills. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. My experience gives me the insights necessary to foresee unknown risk and to provide employers with strategic options to best manage their risk and to leverage opportunities that span the spectrum of on-demand HR issues that arise on a daily basis. I am grateful for these recognitions, but even more grateful for the trust and confidence our clients continue to place in us. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248 468 1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com thanks a lot neil it is an honor once again to sponsor the great campy radio show and go golden grizzlies neil rule here again for real team real estate the official real estate provider for the oakland golden grizzlies look a lot of times real estate companies will hit you with a brilliant tagline in advertising speak all I can tell you is this. I know Tom Lauer and the folks at Real Team Real Estate personally. Our kids have played together. I have referred Real Team Real Estate to family members and close personal friends. I'm asking you to support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Go to mirealteam.com and tell them Neil Rule and the Golden Grizzlies sent you. Real people, real experience, real results. Real Team Real Estate. Neil Rule here for D2 Technologies. D2 Technologies is here for all of your business or residential technology needs. Business owners, you know network infrastructure is the backbone of your business. It is. And D2 Technologies can save you money on the design and installation of your networks, phone systems, or security cameras. Are you a homeowner and want that complete home theater experience? Yeah. D2 Technologies is your answer. Dennis Burnham, the owner and installer at D2 Technologies, has done work in my home and is one of the best in the business. That's fact, not opinion. We have to call. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Call D2 Technologies at 586-256-9436. And Cumberland stripped him on the way up. Solid D by Cumberland. Outlet to Kamari Newman. Newman, the Ural step through, scores it off the window with a left hand. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Some of the Grizz gang in the house as well. Uh, that's good to see. $2 pints for all Oakland University students, and that's good 
all night long, not just for the Greg Campy Show. 75-cent tacos here, Taco Wednesday at RJ's all season long. So it's great to have everybody out here on National Pickle Day. That's right, Coach. I know you're excited about National uh, Pickle I, Day. I got pickles in the family now. Uh, my son married a young lady whose family owns a pickle company, Gilo Pickles. At the wedding, they had a pickle bar. If you've ever been to a wedding that had a pickle bar, it was unbelievable. People loved it. Uh, I like their spice. But they don't sell. over. You can't buy them over the counter. They sell to, like, Burger King, and, you know, they sell to the, the masses. But the the one thing that I will say is that on the 4th of July every year, the, their company's located in Port Huron. And on the 4th of July, my son dresses up as a pickle, and in the pickle parade in Port Huron represents the Gilo family. Doesn't get any bigger than the pickle no, parade in so, Port Huron. No, that, that's, we look forward to that yeah. every year where he gets to dress up as a pickle. <laughs> Michigan Wolverines are having, having a parade right now in Villanova. Saudi Washington uh, and the gang up 44-17 to 17 at Villanova. I'm guessing it's been a long time since Nova's been down that bad. Well, September basketball. I mean, I, that's or, excuse me, November basketball is you see things like this, and, and uh, I'm sure that nobody walked in that building thinking that that score was going to be that way at halftime. And I know Beeline didn't feel that way either. So right. I'm sure he thinks that it could change quickly. But uh, that's basketball in November. You don't really know what you have. Greg Campy show here live at RJ's Pub. A little fun fact about RJ's Pub. They opened back in 1989, and RJ's Pub's relationship with the Golden Grizzlies goes all the way back to 1999, right around the Division One time. So that's how long the relationship has stood here with RJ's Pub. Well, Russ, Russ's Grizzlies. son pitched for our baseball team. so that Russell this, Luxton Jr. Yeah, so this has been a, an, a... I had a group of guys, players, that everybody remembers, the Champagne Twins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they used to, I think they lived here. Actually, they lived right across the street, but I think if I ever had to come find them, I'd come here and they'd be in here. They had their mail forward to here, you're saying. Right, I, I think they, they came here to drink Coke a lot and, and things like that. Still doing that to, to, yeah. to this day. But you can tweet your questions to the hashtag AskCampySoCoach. Uh, the span of games, and of course next week, the night before Thanksgiving, we will not have a Greg Campy show, and there we go. Season fries. There it is, man. I'm going to eat one. Sorry, people. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're going to do that. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. But, uh, but Coach, uh, looking ahead at the schedule, as we talked about tomorrow morning, we jump on the plane. We go out to Las Vegas, UNLV on Friday night. I'm excited about this one. You talked about the fact you're excited about this one as well, just given the history of the Thomas and Mack Center, former national champion, and everything that UNLV represents. Well, one of the things I've tried to do over the years is give our players the experience of playing at the best places. Um, and we've played pretty much everywhere. Uh, this is one of the few places left that we haven't been that I've always wanted to go. I've never been in it. I mean, I go to Vegas a lot. I get off, get out of the, you know, when you, when you leave the airport, it's sitting right, it's right there. there. You see it every time you come out of the airport. And uh, we've practiced on their campus before. Back in the day when we were in the league with Southern Utah, we would practice in Las Vegas in their practice facility instead of going up the mountain to play uh, or to practice. And somebody told me that, you know, you, you don't want to spend two days at altitude, so we would just go up, play the game, and come back. And once we start doing that, we start winning all the time, too, up there. So... Um, we've practiced, in, but I've never been in the building, so I'm, I'm really excited to take a team there. Um, Anderson Hunt, who is uh, from uh, Detroit, who uh, 
played on that national championship team is going to be at our practice tomorrow. Really? Talk to the kids. And, Very cool. Um, yeah, so it's exciting that we're going to have a chance to play there. They're a team that is just like us. Um, I did a, their radio today. And that's what they were talking about, that we're very identical uh, teams and that they have all freshmen and sophomores. Now, we're not freshmen and sophomore. Uh, we're young in playing time, but, but we're, we do have some older kids. Um, and they don't know what they've got. And they played a really good game yesterday, and they played a really bad game in their opening game. And they're big, tall, long, tall, athletic, like all the big-time teams are. And... Um, we're going to have to guard a six foot ten center that's more athletic than Dugan was last night. He's, he's more of a, if you remember Isaiah Brock that played for us the last couple of years, this kid's a six foot eleven, six foot ten Isaiah Brock type player. And then they've got a kid that made six threes or five something threes yesterday that's a top hundred recruit who did not play well their first game. So, you know, it, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise that we could go in there and if we play well, that uh, they could, you know, do some of the things that we did in our first couple home games. Yeah, Coach, and, and of course, too, when, when you go into these, uh, you know, we talked about the bye games as Coach uh, crunches on that, the crinkled season fry. No, you know what? That's that, that's genuine. That's a genuine article. you got to get, get out them here while they're hot. Pub. Yeah, you got to get out here at RJ's Pub and, and get some of your own season uh, crinkled fries. But uh, we were talking a lot about it. We talked about it on the radio show this morning. We talked about it on your radio show last week here, uh, the whole bye game scenario and what goes on. And I'll give you guys a stat from UNLV's. Uh, game last night that they played against Cal Riverside that uh, tends to go along with those by game stats. Free throw attempts, UNLV 33, uh, Cal Riverside 7. So those uh, those are the types of things. But you know when you walk in these environments. That, ha that happened last night in the arena. <laughs> Western Michigan 28, Oakland 17 or something like that. So I don't know that, with the by game, it happens to us here. <laughs> Right, but I mean that's that just is fuel in the fire, right? That's that's part of the beast that you're going to be facing as well. You know that walking in. Well, you're going there. They bought you for a reason. They, you know, they they're not expecting to lose the game, and uh, nothing feels better than walking out of a, a power five or a big time arena with a win and with a hundred thousand or ninety thousand dollars in your pocket. So. That's what we're going to try and do Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, when you look at the, the history of UNLV, and we talked about the national championship days, and you know, they had extended tournament runs and everything like that. Um, as of late, they had a bit of a shift. Now they're trying to make their way back up in the Mountain West. Perennially, they're, they're one of the competing teams with Boise State and San Diego State and everything that goes on there. I, they kind of did the similar formula, right, to, to what Oakland did in the Summit League in that in those days they played out, it was the Big West Conference, right, when UNLV played out there. They parlayed that up into to joining the Mountain West. So uh, very similar DNA structure, I guess you would say, to, to what you guys are trying to do where you ascend up the conference ranks. Well, they're a, they're a named institution. They may not play in a Power 5 conference, but to me they're a Power 5 school. You know, they have the budget. They have all the, I mean, the Thomas Mac is one of the best arenas in the country. It's usually pretty full. Um, and they their budget and all that is big time. Uh, they just, because football wasn't a big de deal back in the day, right. they're, they're building their football program. And now with the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, I mean, things are changing. And they were the only game in town in Sin City where you could gamble and bet and all that kind of stuff. So they were something. I mean, when Tarkanian was there, that that 
they were every bit as known as Duke or, you well, know. The celebrities would come from L.A. and come to the games and sit courtside and everything like that. You, Very much a Lakers feel. You know, you can really tell how a school has an effect on the landscape of college basketball by gear. When you're walking places, you see the gear. Right. The University of Michigan is probably the number one selling brand, uh, brand in the country. But Notre Dame, Duke, you know, UNLV's up there. You see, if you don't pay attention to it, just when you're in an airport, when you're walking around, you see the running Rebel gear everywhere. And it is a brand name. So to play them is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Jake and Brandon, everybody in the Grizz gang, if you, if you YouTube a rapper named Tupac, uh, back in the day, if you look at his videos, he, he used to rep the UNLV gear. The starter jacket. That was back when the starter jacket was the rage, Coach. Yeah. 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 Those, were the, those were the good old days. So we'll take our next break. When we come back, we got a ton of questions here on Twitter to get to. If you want us to get to your question, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskCampy. We will get to those as Coach gets a look at Look at this. This is a long list of, of questions in here. So we got to take a lot of time to get to it, and we certainly will. All that and more. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live at RJ's pub in rochester hills i'm here with cameron evans president of the evans law group proudly headquartered in downtown rochester super lawyers magazine has recognized cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in michigan u.s news and world report has recognized the evans law group as one of the best law firms in the united states and recognized cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in america in the field of employment law cam what does this type of all-american recognition mean to you Neil, it means that our clients believe they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. Evans Law Group was founded with an emphasis on advising businesses on all facets of their labor and employment law issues, including conducting a broad range of in-house employment and human resources compliance seminars, having effective training for executives and managers related to HR compliance issues in the workplace has never been more critical than it is today. I am honored to have presented my seminars to a broad array of businesses, ranging from publicly traded companies to multi-generational family businesses, and to just about everything in between. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at EvansLawGRP.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Real Team Real Estate is locally owned and headquartered just down the road in Shelby Township. Real Team Real Estate is not your typical big box retail operation. Visit them on the web at mirealteam.com. Tell them Neil Rule sent you. They have five offices in the metro area, so whether it's Rochester or Romeo, Real Team has you covered. Real people, real experience, real results. Real Team Real Estate. Hurry into the Dodge Black Friday sales event for great deals all month long. That's the new holiday greeting in Santa's workshop, and he's even upgrading his ride. Like the Dodge Charger, America's only four-door muscle car with all-wheel drive. But it has to be functional like Durango, the most technologically advanced, fuel-efficient, and powerful V8 in its class. And loaded with horsepower, like the Challenger's most affordable V8 in its class, Santa wants his sleigh to really fly. Ho, ho, go! Sorry, reindeer. Hurry in for great deals at the Dodge Black Friday sales event. One phone fighter turning FCA employee lessees. Get a low mileage lease on the 2018 Dodge Durango GT all-wheel drive with a V6 engine for $299 a month for 36 months with $3,291 due at signing. Tax title license extra. 
based on 2019 Ward's Midsize Sport Utility Vehicle Segment. Available V8 based on Ward's Middle Specialty Segment. Call 1-888-4-DODGE for details. Requires dealer contribution and lease through U.S. Bank. Current lease must end by 12 25 cent charge for each mile over 30,000. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 12 Cumberland, left wing extended, goes to Xavier Hillmays again. James Beck makes a nice catch. He's triple teamed down in the paint. Kick out. Hillmays for three. Of course! Xavier up here. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. As always, the Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Taking your questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. $2 pints for Oakland students all night long, not just during the show. 75-cent tacos here on Taco Wednesday as well. And, Coach, before we get to the uh, Ask Campy segment of the show on Twitter, uh, signing day today as well. Some big news for the Golden Grizzlies. Uh, they'll have the services of a, of a volunteer. Yeah, we, we CJ Gettlefinger uh, committed to us over a year ago, and it was a nervous year for me because the kid's a really good player, and uh, I was afraid we weren't going to be able to keep him because we, we've Tony Jones came from uh, Knoxville and had worked. Tony had been out of the business for a year, and he was working in a gym with this kid, so he had a relationship with the kid. We got him up here on a visit early. He committed to us, and for for the old people around here, he's a throwback to Pete Maravich. He's a six foot five point guard with long arms, real skinny. Um, he's going to drive us crazy a little bit now and then because he. The first game I went to see him play, uh, they tipped the ball to him, in. Uh, you can hear that? Yeah, oh, it's coming sorry. through the mic. Yeah. He's watching Wright State. Um, Always working, even yeah. when you're working. Yeah. He, they tip the ball to him, and he takes it, and he wraps it around his back. He dribbles it through both legs before he goes anywhere with it. And I was like, oh, no. And, uh, and then he went down, and he ripped the guy, went to the rim, and threw a behind-the-back pass to a guy who caught it and dunked it. And, uh, oh, wow. And He, is, he threw – I'm going to – I'm going to tweet out as soon as I get a highlight film of him. I'm going to tweet that out in the next 24 to 48 hours. And he, in this film, you're going to see one of the greatest passes I've ever seen in a summer league game. He threw this bounce. The ball, the ball was thrown over his head. He ran it down. And I don't know how he saw the guy coming behind him. And all of a sudden, it looked like he was going to go shoot a layup. And he threw a, a bounce pass backwards to one of the best players in the country. And the kid dunked it, and his belly button was on the rim when he dunked it. I mean, it was an unbelievable play. And he's played with great players. He's averaged um, 27 or 8 points a game. He averaged 10 or 12 assists a game. I mean, he's he's a big numbers guy, and um, his team. And then on the, the other side of that, his team won the state championship last year. So it's not just he's great and does everything all the time. His team was good, too. So he's, he's a big-time recruit for us. It's really – to get a kid like that in the early signing period is unusual, and we're, we're very excited about it. Has some bloodlines as well. His father won a national championship playing for Kentucky in the late 70s as well, so it's, it's certainly in the blood. And that's one of the reasons I was worried that we weren't going to be able to hold on to commit because, you know, he, this isn't some kid from the, you know, the sticks of, of – uh, of Tennessee, this kid from Knoxville won a state championship, played high-level AAU, and everybody saw him. Um, I do think some people think he may be a little too skinny, and I do too. I mean, he's going to have to get in the weight room and get bigger and stronger. But this kid's a basketball junkie. I mean, he's in the gym all the time, 
and that's what you want. He's also a 3-9 student and all that kind of stuff. So he's everything we would possibly want in a basketball player. I'm really excited to have him. All right, Coach, let's get to uh, the Twitter questions here with the hashtag AskCampy. Those have come uh, flying in all day long, and there's still time for you to get your question in as well. Just send a tweet with the hashtag AskCampy on it, and it will pop up on the screen here, and we will get it. The magic of technology. Gary Gilbert tweets at us, says, Coach, after suffering two confidence-zapping losses in the arena, a team trip to Las Vegas may, just the right, may be just the right bet. How's the team's mental outlook as you prepare to face the Rebels in their storied arena? Well, I, I don't think that zapped our confidence. I, I think our kids are resilient. I think that they realize that this is a journey. It's not, you know, those games that we played last week, um, they, they're not going to define who we are or our season. But, and I do think that the, the crowd and the, uh, the atmosphere in the building was something they want. And they know we got to win to keep that. And so I think that's a good deal. Um, I said something to Jordan Nobles, you know, as we were getting ready to go out for the Toledo game. I said to him, I go, what's it going to feel like to play a home game in front of real people? You know, what, what's, what's his reaction to that? He, he laughed at it. You know, I ripped Eastern because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they average about 800 fans a game. and, and 500 of them are ours. Yeah. yeah. So, um you know, that, that that showing by our fan base and then to follow it up last night on a Tuesday night and, you know, a snowy, cold night against a non-conference foe, uh, our student section was just phenomenal again. I mean, I, I'm hoping that, you know, the new dorm opening and giving us another 800 people so close to the arena is going to continue that we have that. I think the one thing I'll say about our fan base, especially our students, is – I think they're knowledgeable, and I think they see that this is, has the makings of a really good team. And, I, you know, if, if usually, you know, maybe last year's team had lost a couple games like that, rightfully so, they, sh they should have been upset about it because that was a veteran team that, you know. But this team, I think they're going to give the benefit of the doubt to. I think it's an exciting team. I mean, we, we don't have kendrick nunn falling down making threes and we don't have isaiah blocking shots and you know but what we have is a group of guys that play exciting basketball and i think the effort especially at the defensive end is very noticeable and so i think our, our students are going to hang in with us for a while because i think you can see the makings of it are there so our confidence hasn't been zapped we're you know we're, we're just going to get better and we we've got to be ready you know obviously when we play michigan state that's a chance to shine on the national uh, stage. But we've got to be ready when we play Cleveland State on the 29th or 8th of December, whenever that is, and that's what we're building for. And, Coach, the Grizz gang and what they've done, I mean, it, it's been impressive to see. And, and, again, we go to all these buildings. We, we've seen everywhere in the Horizon League, and, and I'll put them up against any, especially any student section in the Horizon League. I mean, they, they've taken ownership of well, that. Well, that's not even close. Yeah. I mean, there's – there, there's nowhere in our league that's even in, in, on, the, ball, level, in yeah. on the ballpark of it. I mean, it's it's the minor leagues versus the major leagues in that. From other mid-major sections, there are some pretty good ones out there, and I think we stack up with any of them. You know, I, um, somebody tweeted at me that we stack up with anybody anywhere, and, and the last couple games we're heading in that direction. You know, yeah. if we continue to, to sh you know, if, if we want to say we're as good as the Izone or we're as good as – Gonzaga's student section. We got to show up every game, whether we're playing Kalamazoo College or we're or we're playing Toledo. 
you know, it's, it's an everyday game experience. And I think we've grown where we have more students that are doing it. You know, when you have your core 25 to 30 that are going to be there no matter what. They love it. It's fun. It's the greatest thing in the world. And they're bringing people with them. And as, we've, as you experience it and how much fun it is, and then we got to win, you know, that, that those core people, it's going to grow and grow. And again, with the, the another thousand people on campus, I think that's going to help. Coach, we have another one here on Twitter with the hashtag Ask Campy, and it kind of piggybacks on what you talked about, about, about Kendrick Nunn and, and those kinds of guys. Martez Walker last night, we saw him out at the arena uh, without the crutches. Uh, has he rehabbed from his injury? Are there any professional opportunities in his future? That comes from Wesley V. Well, Martez is an interesting kid. I mean, he, he made a grand entrance at the game last night, came walking down right into a huddle, right into our timeout huddle. I was like, <laughs> really, Martez? <laughs> Well, he did sit on the bench. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't pay attention at timeouts. I got a job to do, but I was walking down the bench to yell at somebody, and as I was walking, I noticed his picture up on the screen up there, and I realized he's sitting on our bench. <laughs> so, but he that's, was. That's Mel, though, right? Uh, that's he, Mel. That's him. He was all excited because it didn't go when, with the injury, really stunned his chance of playing professionally nobody was going to take a chance on him because he couldn't go through the combines and he couldn't go through the workouts and he was all excited because he signed a deal he leaves friday to go to the ukraine and uh you know that's a that's an interesting place to be going but i guess there's pretty good money there so he's very very excited he just wanted to come and tell that's everybody awesome. he's, what he's doing and let everybody know he's on his way he, he kind of picked a weird time to do it, that's all. Well, just during the game, you, you know, know, like no big deal. Just I, I think he was time. mad at me that I didn't come over and hug him and, and <laughs> carry on a conversation with him. But uh, That's awesome. I did see. Now, he was waiting for me at halftime. As I swear to God, as I came around the corner, he was. Now we had just made a three to go up nine, so I was in a pretty good mood. Yeah. And we actually executed a play, and, and uh, Kamari buried a shot. And you know around here, we don't the, – the last group of kids we had, we didn't execute the end of the halves very well. Uh, and, you know, so we come out in our in the first time that we had the ball at the end of the half, and we executed, buried the three, and I was pretty happy. So he was standing there in the back hallway waiting for me as I was going to the locker <laughs> Coach Brian Schmucker tweets at us with a hashtag, AskCampy, with all the great food in Vegas, where will you be taking the team while you're there? They haven't put any Portillo's out there last I checked. Well, my – my, there's, I have two favorite places out there, and we won't be taking the team to either one of them because I took my staff there a few years ago, and uh, I think the bill was like $1,300. So uh, if the team was there, I don't have that kind of – they don't pay me that kind of money. Um, but I like – there's a steakhouse called Michael's that Bernie Sipp was here who, taught, who took me there for the first time when I was out there with Bernie years and years ago, and that was just out of the world. But my favorite place in Vegas is Emeralds in the uh, MGM Grand. That, that is where I took the staff one time, and I love the Cajun food. And so yeah. the, um, it's my favorite of all, even more than Portillo's. Speaking of that, Coach, because you and I are similar in that respect. Whenever we go out somewhere, we tend to order the same kind of food when we uh, when we go to eat. Are, are there any more Louisiana trips coming up? Uh, you know, New Orleans type. We've uh, got to we've got to do something with that because right. you know my my son went to LSU, so I would go down there and get my fix. And now he's he's out for a couple of years, and I haven't been down there for a while. So there's a Final Four going there pretty soon, but we'll have to get down and play New Orleans.
Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm all for that. There's no question uh, about that. But, again, we are taking your uh, questions here on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. Uh, at GrizzTalk tweets and asks us, Coach, two games and where Oakland's had a late lead and didn't finish down the stretch. What is the hope? What is the plan as we know this stuff get, does get worked on? I, th I think I talked to right. it earlier about the zone and what we're doing. And we, we've got to have something to go to, but we don't want to use it as a crutch. We, don't, we want to get better at, at when teams go away from their offense and take us one-on-one. -on -one. We've got to get better keeping the ball in front of us. The, the best guy we have on our team at doing it right now is Braden Norris. Uh, he's a tough little guy. The problem is he's little. You know, so he might be tough, but they can shoot it. You know, they get into the paint, they can shoot it up over him. But um, we've, I think Trey Maddox, a freshman that we have that hasn't gotten to play much yet, I think he's a guy that could be that Dante Williams-like stopper in the future. And I, it's there. We've just got to keep getting better and, and working at it. We got a couple more to get to. We'll do we'll do this. We'll take our final break here of the Greg Campy Show. When we come back, we'll knock down these last couple questions, get some final thoughts as well. You are listening to the Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. Through my 20-plus years of representing businesses with their labor and employment needs, I have had the privilege to work with numerous executives. In turn, executives have sought me out to represent them with their own employment and equity issues in various business ventures, including employment with portfolio companies owned by private equity groups. I negotiate executive employment agreements, equity award and stock option agreements, and, when necessary, severance agreements. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248 468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the Great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule here again for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Look, a lot of times real estate companies will hit you with a brilliant tagline in advertising speak. All I can tell you is this. I know Tom Lauer and the folks at Real Team Real Estate personally. Our kids have played together. I have referred Real Team Real Estate to family members and close personal friends. I'm asking you to support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Go to mirealteam.com and tell them Neil Rule and the Golden Grizzlies sent you. Real people, real experience, real results, Real Team Real Estate. Neil Rule here with Dennis Burnham, owner of D2 Technologies, the answer for all your business and residential technology needs. Dennis, why is D2 Technologies the best in the business? Thanks, Neil. D2 Technologies isn't a typical big box corporation. Honest pricing and quality installations are what's important to me. Whether it's a phone system, security cameras, or whatever your technology needs may be, your experience with me from the setup, design, and installation of your project will be a professional and smooth experience, my personal guarantee. D2 Technologies has done work in my home, and I can't recommend Dennis enough. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Call D2 Technologies at 586 256-9436. Shot forced up by Thomas Cook over Brecht, and that will go. Here comes Kenny Pittman on the break off the stand. Scott! Two-handed flush! Oh, 
off the bounce stand. Scott flies through the air with the greatest of ease in the jam. Wish I could have jumped like that. Dan Waterstrat does wish he could jump like that, uh, like Stan Scott. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what Strat was saying in that highlight after Stan Scott got a two-handed jam earlier uh, this week. Dan Waterstrat didn't have those kinds of hops. No, that's for sure. And, and there's a lot of things Dan didn't have, but uh, intelligence is one thing he did have. <laughs> but we're taking your questions with the hashtag AskCampy, and uh, we got one here from Mr. Drew Hump that uh, he just tweeted in a few moments ago talking about uh, C.J. Gettlefinger, great early signing with C.J. What do you think was the key in getting him to stay committed so long and honoring that commitment? Well, I think we worked. I mean, we spent a lot of time. I, sp I went down to Tennessee. Tony went down to Tennessee. We spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, I probably text him. I would say the, the last guy I text as much as C.J. in the recruiting process was Kay Felder. And I think... That one worked out. I think texting had just kind of started when we were recruiting Felder, so I was it was new to me, so I was trying to learn how to do it. So he was the guy I would text. Um, but and CJ and I, uh, I think our relationship is a very strong relationship. I know, I knew we had a real good chance of keeping him because I would call him during the year last year, and he'd have watched the games, you know, he and we would talk about our game, and and he, you know, a high school kid spending his evenings watching us play basketball. Uh, five states away or whatever it is was a good sign and and he's a, he's a good kid he's comes from a great family he made a commitment he's going to stick with his commitment and and uh in this day and age you don't see that much you see a lot of waffling and and you know guys saying something and doing something else so i'm i'm i was like i said i i'm really really excited and, and i you got to give tony jones some credit too i mean he knew tony because of that and i don't want to you know take away from tony i think tony did a lot to keep the kid uh, Coach, this is one that we've gotten a lot of here today. Some people in attendance have asked this one as well. At Sophia G tweets at us, says, Coach, will we see Baba Tunde get any minutes anytime soon? Well, here, here's what my plan is with Baba Tunde and with uh, Kenny uh, Pittman. I'm trying to get through tomorrow and not play him. And if I can get through tomorrow or Friday and not play either one of those kids, I'm going to redshirt them both. Um, and the reason for that is when Kenny Pittman is a 23-year-old, he's going to be one hell of a player, and he's going to do a lot more for Oakland University than playing him three to five minutes a game this year. And he's good enough that he could play three to five minutes. Um, Baba Tune's the same way in that, you know, his growth as a player is really gone. On, it's off the charts how much better he's gotten. Uh, I thought he really showed it in the uh, Kalamazoo game, you know, he did some really good things there. But again, it was against a Division Three team that didn't have anybody taller than me. And, uh, but he did it. And what I want to do with the, both those kids is get those two kids in the weight room. Bob Atune doesn't need the weight room, the strength part of it. What he needs is the foot quickness part. He needs, he needs to learn how to jump a second time. He needs, uh, you guys remember Keith Benson didn't play as a freshman. We redshirted him. And Will Hudson, I wish I had redshirted Will Hudson. I, I, I still, you know, what a fifth year he could have had versus playing. Probably could have squeezed one more tournament appearance out of, out of that. Probably. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I just think when you look at the, the, the upside, I, I, don't, I can't play 12 players. I'm sorry. I, I just, as a coach, I can't do that. And the, t and the coaches that do, I think it hurts their teams my opinion. 
So I'm not, even if I get Pittman in and out, you know, it's his fifth year, he's going to be the man. Uh, he's a pretty darn good player, and he could help us, but he's really going to help us. And, you know, a lot of people were upset about Xavier last year. You know, Xavier came to me a year ago, and he said, Coach, I'm going to, I don't want to leave, but I'm going to leave because I don't want to play behind Jalen Hayes again. And I said, well, Xavier, why would you leave? We'll just redshirt you. And it, you, if you leave, you got to sit out the year anyways. He, he said, if, I said, if you really want to stay, then stay and we'll redshirt you. So we did. And when we had the injuries and when Jalen had the suspension, there were a lot of people that are upset that, that Xavier didn't come back and play. Uh, you want to know something next year? When he's the preseason player of the year in the league and he's all the things I think he can be, we're going to be really happy that he redshirted that year. You know, <laughs> We're really going to be happy that we have him for a fifth year. And I think the same thing with Babatunde and with Kenny Pittman as with Keith Benson's fifth year. Man, were we happy we had him that fifth year. We went 17-1 and one in the league. We beat the number seven team in the country. We lost a, uh, by a basket to, to Texas in the NCAA tournament, you know. It was one heck of a season that we wouldn't have had if we right. hadn't redshirted Benson. So you got to play the pros and cons of that. And, I mean, there's always injury. There's always a kid could leave. There's always all those things out there. But you got to be smart enough to project the future, too. And, you know, my, my plans are still be here in four years. So uh, I would like Babatune and, and Pittman to be here playing for me. Pretty solid building blocks, uh, especially as they project out. You know, I mean, you look at Babatunde, you've talked about him. The man casts a shadow when he walks in the room. He's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get bigger. And as you talked about, he's only going to get quicker. And uh, with Kenny Pittman, this guy was, was widely regarded as the best three-point shooter in the state of Illinois coming out of high school. That's right. Illinois, you know, like where Chicago is. Right. And, he, and I will tell you this, I thought that's all he was when we got him. And it's the complete opposite. I don't think he shoots it good enough, which I think a year of getting shots up is going to help him. But he's so much better at the other things. He, he handles the ball. He moves offensively. I think he can guard. He's not strong enough, but he can guard. I think he's got it. I mean, I, I'm serious. I think his fifth year he could be one of the top players in the league. Or, you know, we'll see. But I, I want to give him that opportunity. Now, if we get an injury, if – something were to happen to Brad, if something were to happen to one of our bigs, then Babatune would have to play. Now, we get we get into January, then, you know, we wouldn't do that. But right now, if we, if we can't get through this first, I'm not going to dress, I'm not going to dress Babatune and, and uh, Pittman against Defiance because I don't want people sitting on the bench if we're ahead the way, you know, we should be ahead in that game. I don't want people going why aren't they playing and things like that so i'm going to make a decision on them after the game tomorrow or friday night final five minutes of the show here a couple more questions to get to on twitter man we had a stacked roster of questions with hashtag ask can't be here tonight these two are related we'll get to them one at a time trill gunderson on twitter coach are you a suit every game coach now or will the windbreaker make a comeback I'm well curious to, for this one. i lost a bunch of weight and i would rather uh, wear the windbreaker and all that, but at home I've been trying to, you know, wear a jacket. It doesn't seem to stay on very long, so I I will can try and continue that trend through the year. But who knows what's going to happen? But no, I'll be in Vegas Friday night. I'll be, I don't know, maybe a Hawaiian shirt or something. I'll be sporting something. <laughs> it is the desert, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
It is uh, Jake Wolock here from the Grizz Gang who is in attendance says, will coach be adding a pink suit to go along with the pink hair? Tell everybody about the, the whole pink hair challenge. A certain goal was met. Yeah, Jake, good question. Glad you brought it up. We, we were able to raise, we're up over $6,000. I made the statement that if we raised five, I'd dye my hair pink. Right now I'm, I'm looking at maybe a one-day dye is what I'm trying to find. You know, I'm, I... I now, when I, once it, once we saw that this was going to happen, I I <laughs> talked to my I talked to my hairdresser, and uh, um, found out that you have to bleach your hair first, and then you have to dye it like multiple times to get it to the color that to, I to want. To get it, it to lift, that's the right. term. Lift. But the, well, I really want a fiery pink color. I don't want red or something like that. I want it to be pink. I want it to make a statement that. I did this for this cause, and like I said, you see, I did this because we're hosting the Men Against Breast Cancer Tournament, and a very close friend of some people in this building, uh, Pete Salpitra, who passed away this year, was a huge contributor to Men Against Breast Cancer. He had his own golf outing that he ran at the Wingate Country Club, and I, I wanted to kind of honor Pete because uh, we lost Pete way too early and unexpectedly this year and so you know you see October now it's you know they the baseball teams have a pink bat they have pink shoes and it's gotten to be so mundane you know that is it really creating awareness or is oh it's another game with pink so I wanted to do something that was completely off the charts that would bring attention to it and and Pete's you know for Pete's cause and so so pink I, hair. I, I said the pink hair. I, I actually said I would paint my fingernails pink too, but I got talked out of that one. So uh, the people told me that, that that might not really be a smart move. So I didn't. But do everyone that one. signed off on the pink hair, though. Pink yeah. hair, they signed off on. We said if we, ra I asked for a uh, thousand people to give five dollars, and it ended up that people gave way more than that, and and we had probably. We're up over $6,000 with probably 150 people that have contributed. So I can't thank the people enough. And I will wear pink hair. I will not be wearing a pink suit. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out how we're going to do the hair because I, I was told that there's a... A process. A, well, there's a, a dye out there that you can stick in your hair and it actually washes out. It it's, doesn't completely wash out. So the, the second game, there may be a residue in there. But... Uh, it will be fiery pink. It will. It will. You're not coming in here half stepping with this. Like you're no. going. You're going all. No, up. and I'm. I have. I'm going to probably not do the whole head pink because I, I want people to know I did this and I'm not wearing a wig because most people think I wear a wig anyways. You know, so that they're going to think I just changed wigs. I guess. No, but it, it's going to happen, folks. And, and, again, big props to everybody out there that uh, that partook in that final minute and a half or so of the show here, Coach. You got anything else to add? No, I, you know, we, we tweeted a picture last night of, of uh, at my cancer event when we go into the hospitals. Izzo and I were, was in a hospital with a young lady who was suffering from cancer and was going through the process. And I think it was a riveting picture. And I can't thank people enough because Pete would be really happy that we were able to raise this money. And Pete, so Peter was one of the kindest people that I ever met. And, uh, you know, so 
I'm just happy that we made our goal and I can do this. All right, well, big props to everybody for coming out here. You've been listening to Greg Campy Show live from RJ's Pub in Rochester. Well, see you later. Thanks for listening to the Greg Campy Show. Tune in next week at 7.